All right, guys, we're back for another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Um, <clears throat> so I hope you guys have been enjoying some of the stuff that I've brought up, uh, some of these episodes that I've been bringing up. I hope it's enjoyable. I hope you guys are digging it. Um, I want to thank people that have been uh, sending in messages. Um, John Hayes, he says, I'm enjoying the podcast very much and can't wait to hear more. So I appreciate guys. Thanks for, for tuning in and sending me feedback. This is helpful. If you guys uh, enjoy the podcast, you can leave voice messages. You can um, send physical messages. Uh, just let me know what you think. Also, uh, let me know if there's things you want me to talk about because, you know, that's kind of the point of this is just bringing valuable information to people. And so I want it to be something that is enjoyable for everybody. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, so today, I the the thing that I want to go over, this is kind of interesting. And um, many of you have probably heard this before. Anyone that's been like listening to motivational speakers or that have been in the entrepreneurial world, um, you'll hear this a lot. You'll hear about the 10,000 hour rule. And so, I mean, essentially this was, it's kind of, I mean, it's a little bit of a controversial thing because um, what the, what the rule is implying is that it takes 10,000 hours to become great at something. Right. And so some people um, don't believe that. And then uh, there's been books written and a lot of people speaking about how it's actually a very, almost a true thing. Um, so the 10,000 hour rule was something that was kind of introduced by K. Andrus Erickson. Um, he's, he's a psychologist, but then a guy by the name of Malcolm Gladwell, um, he's the one that kind of popularized it because he wrote a book called outliers. And essentially what the book is about is how, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a story of success. And the principle states that in order to become world-class in any field, you need 10,000 hours of deliberate practice. And so get this, this, this means 417 days worth of hours. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> this means 417 days worth of hours. Um, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of days worth of hours. Um, or it means three hours a day for 3,333 days. Um, or it means over nine years of constant practice. So, uh, here's the thing. Like there's a lot of people that believe in this and there's a lot of, and there's a lot of people that have been interviewed and, and kind of um, spoken about this and they're, they're, they told they're huge, they're huge fans and they, and they think it's a reality. Um, and so partly the second component to this is that it takes over nine years to really accomplish that 10,000 hour rule. I mean, depending, I mean, if you're just like 15 hours a day, then obviously you'll, uh, you'll achieve it faster, but most of us don't have that, that kind of time and, and drive into something. So um, most people believe that it's, it's 10,000 hours and then also 10 years to become like world-class in whatever it is that you're pursuing, whether it's sports, music, um, entertainment, writing, whatever it is that you are trying to become world-class in, it takes 10,000, 10,000 hours and then roughly 10,000, uh, 10 years, sorry. Um, so the... So I've been, I've been here, I've heard this for many years. And the funny thing is, is all the men and women that I hear this from, um, has never really given like a ton of examples. So like, you'll hear this a lot in speeches, people will give a speech 
and um, you hear the they'll bring up like, oh, it takes 10,000 hours and it takes 10 years to become, you know, world class. And so I had heard this over the years, many times. Um, I hadn't read the book, um, Outliers, um, but I'd kind of like seen, like gone through chapters and, 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 and kind of, kind of understand like what it's about. And so in the book, um, they use examples of like Bill Gates and the Beatles um, and a lot of these crazy high successful people, right. That, that were kind of this prime example of it takes 10,000 hours and roughly 10 years to become world-class. And so, um, recently I've kind of heard this saying again in, in another speech. So I've, I've heard it throughout the years and then kind of more recently I heard someone else, um, talk about it again. And so what I did was I decided to try and apply it to my life, um, and to see, you know, if it, if it matched up with me. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't really claim to be at all like world-class. Um, but, but I did find something that was really interesting. And so let me kind of go through, um, my, my life. Uh, so I, I already brought this up kind of in podcast. Number one was, is that me and Mary, me and my wife, Mary, we, um, went on AGT and, um, our journey led us to becoming the um, first runner-up winners on America's Got Talent Champions. So essentially, it's the it's the largest talent show in the world, um, and the Champions Round um, series is when they bring all of the winners and the finalists of all the talent shows in the past, and we all compete against each other. And so, 2018, we were finalists on AGT, and then in 2020 is when we went and did the the Champions. Um, competition. And so um, we ended up taking first runner up. So we were second out of the whole competition. So, and there were people, there were many winners of the competitions in the past and many finalists. So, I mean, that kind of puts us in a category of world-class. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what you would deem as world-class when it comes to um, trapeze artists. But anyways, that's kind of where we're at. So I just, I kind of wanted to apply this to us and see like if it had some relevancy to our situation. So I found some inter interesting things. So first of all, Mary and I, we started trapeze in 2010. Um, that's when, that's kind of when we started getting going in things and really right off the bat, we started implementing probably about, um, three and a half hours of practice a day and then roughly five to six days a week. Um, usually six because we are just kind of like, so nose or head deep, whatever that term is just deep into it. Um, and so what our practice usually looked like was we would do an hour of technique. So we would go to the gym, we'd hop on the trapeze and we would just do about a full hour of these technical things. So we would just work on Mary's technique so that when we would do our trapeze sequences, that we could be consistent. And so an hour was about, was for technique. And then we took about another hour through, um, like running through actual, just like learning skills and combining sequences and making it, making an, an actual routine. And then, um, we always had at least an hour of fitness, like general fitness training, um, which, which helped us to have the strength, the flexibility, um, gain the muscle to be able to do the trapeze routine. 
And then um, there was always at least about 30 minutes of film study. So what we would do is we would film ourselves during, during our practices um, and we would critique, uh, critique ourselves by watching these films. So, so I, I guesstimated that um, on average we were, we were doing about three and a half hours of practice a day. Now, there were many days that we did more, and then there were some days that we did less, but this was very, very much the average. So, um, so that's, that's kind of when we started, 2010, 3.5 hours a day for about five to six days a week, give or take. And then we went to America's Got Talent in 2013, and that's when we first tried out, was in 2013. And so that is when we got straight no's across the board from the judges. They did not like us, and they said no. So um, by then, in 2013, we had accumulated about 3,024 hours. Is kind of like a, a rough estimate. So, so 3,000 hours kind of under our belt. Um, and so, yeah, and again, like the judges were just like, nope, you just, you're not polished, you're not that good, um, so... Uh, no, uh, that was, that was hard for us, but we went home and we continued the same schedule. We still continued that same schedule. So then in 2018, we went and tried out for AGT again, um, continuing, continuing the same schedule, this 3.5 hours a day in 2018. By then we had accumulated about 8,064 hours. So just over 8,000 hours, um, by that time. So that was eight years. We were eight years in to trapeze. We'd accumulated 8,000 hours of training. Went to AGT again. The judges loved us. They put us through the first round. They put us through the second round. They put us through the third round. They put us through the fourth round. And we made it to the finals. We got eliminated somewhere in the finals. We weren't top five. So we were somewhere in the top 10, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10th. Um, so that's, so we'd accumulated about 8,000 hours. And then in 2020, we were asked to go back again to do champions. And so here's where things get really interesting because when we left AGT in 2018, we continued the same schedule. We always had that about three hours a day of practice, 3.5 hours a day of practice. Um, so we continued that after 2018's AGT run and then 2020, uh, went back, um, and again, this is just this is the competition between all the all of the people that have either won AGT in the past, um, were finalists, and not just AGT. This is every single talent show. This is all of them. And so went back um, and competed again. And so once again, we we were continuing that three point five hours a day, around five or six days a week. By then, hear hear me out. By then, we had accumulated ten thousand and eighty hours roughly. And we had almost exactly 10 years of training under our belts. In this competition, we took first runner up. And so you could, I guess you could consider that world class. Um, I guess it depends on what your definition of world class is, but I thought it was really, I thought it was really interesting because, um, it took me a while to really like figure out uh, this, these numbers for us, but I just thought it was interesting that when we had three hours under our belt, nobody wanted anything to do with us. When we had 8,000 hours under our belt, they were like, you guys are good. 
And then when we had 10,000 hours under our belt, um, we were considered world-class. So, and the 10 year component too. It's just, it's fascinating. So, uh, needless to say, yes, me and my wife are believers in the 10,000 hour rule. We are believers. Maybe some people, I'm sure of it, that there are many people that have done it sooner and maybe there's people that took longer. And so, but yes, I'm a believer in the 10,000 hour rule. Now, I, I wanted to not just be like, oh, it's true and, and everybody should do this. So I, I looked into some people that I've kind of looked up to in the past and that um, were kind of idols for me. And so I've been, I've been like interested in the bodybuilding world for a while. Um, and one of my favorite bodybuilders was, was Phil Heath. Um, Phil Heath was seven time Mr. Olympia, um, arguably one of the best bodybuilders that's ever lived. Um, and so he, I just was like, Hey, I wonder if this applies to other people. So I just like started Googling everything about Phil Heath. And so, um, (laughs) Phil Heath, he started his bodybuilding in 2001 and began his, his real career in like 2002. So, so the beginning was 2001. Um, and he had great success, success along the way and, um, became Mr. Olympia in 2011 exactly 10 years after he started. Now I was like, Oh, that's a coincidence. That's interesting. But then what I also did was I also looked into his, his training. I found everything I could find about his like weekly training. And it, what's funny is it was very similar and it resembled mine and Mary's same pattern. Um, he did one to two hours of gym training a day. So he had, he had the one to two hours of gym training. Um, he says it was usually two. And then um, one hour of posing and stretching. And so he would spend time doing these certain poses and stretching. But then he, all, him as well, also did kind of his own version of the 30-minute studies um, of his craft. So whether that was film study or that, whether that was just studying bodybuilding, whatever it was, um, he also did uh, at least that 30 minutes of study as well. And so he usually trained five, six days a week. So he was roughly on this on a very similar type of schedule that, that my wife and I were doing. Um, although I should say that we are on the similar schedule that he was doing because he did this first. He, he became Mr. Olympia first before we did AGT. And so I'm definitely not comparing myself to him. He's a much higher level than we are, but, um, I thought it was fascinating. And so, um, it was, uh, three years into Phil Heath's, um, career. He had hit the 3000 hour mark. Um, he was not the champion. Um, eight years into, uh, his training and being, in being a bodybuilder, he was, he was over 8,000 hours and he was not the champion, but he was climbing the ladder. And then, um, when he hit that 10,000 hour mark or 10 years later, um, is when he became Mr. Olympia. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Let's see who else. And I'm like, who else do I love? I love Muhammad Ali. (laughs) Muhammad Ali is like one of my idols. So I looked into Muhammad Ali. He started his boxing career in uh, his amateur boxing career in 1954. He made his professional heavyweight debut in 1960 and won the world heavyweight title in 1964. So began his boxing career in 1954, made his heavyweight debut in 1960, and then 
won the title in in 64, which is exactly just about exactly 10 years after he began his boxing uh training. So Ali's and listen to this, Ali's training schedule was similar to what we both were doing. He still he had that 3 hours of training and then at least the 30 minutes of film study and stuff like that and and Looking more into him, his actually seemed like it was a little bit more of, of film study and, and stuff like that. But it was very similar, that, that five to six days a week um, and kind of the similar, like, pattern. And so I'm like, this is fantastic. Like, how interesting is this that some of these guys that I just, the first couple of guys that I was thinking about, um, exactly 10 years after they began and about 10,000 hours into their um, training is when they became the champs. And so um, another thing that I thought was interesting was Jeff Bezos. He's the guy that runs Amazon, arguably probably the best entrepreneur, the most successful entrepreneur like ever. Um, him and Elon Musk and, and Steve Jobs. There's a lot of these guys, but I looked into him and his famous quote was, all overnight success takes about 10 years. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, so <clears throat> again, I definitely, I certainly don't want to um, like match myself up or compare myself to three, to these three great giants in, in the success realm. Um, but I just thought it was fascinating that, that I found something in my life that, um, kind of resembled these high success, these high achievers. And I realized that, um, there's something to this 10,000 hour rule and it, it could be something that people really could, um, think a lot more about. Now, I dug deeper, and I found something by... So there's a guy named John Hayes. He's a, um, uh, he's a psychologist um, professor at Carnegie Mellon University. And so Hayes started his research by examining successful composers. Um, what he would do is he would analyze thousands of music pieces uh, produced between the year of 1685 to 1900. The central question that drove his work was... Um, so his, the whole, this whole point was how long after one becomes interested in music is it that one becomes world-class? So that was the whole point. That's why he started doing, gathering all these pieces of music from, from nights from 1685 to 1900. And he just wanted to know like, how long did it take these guys before they produced like world-class music? And so eventually Hayes, uh, developed a list of 500 pieces that were played frequently by symphonies around the world and were considered to be masterworks in the field. These 500 popular pieces were created by a total of 76 composers. And so next, Hayes mapped out the timeline of each composer's career and calculated how long they had been working before they created their, their popular work. What? What he discovered was that virtually every single masterwork was written after year 10 of the composer's career. Out of 500 pieces, there were only three exemptions, which were written in the 8th and ninth year of the composer's journey. So not a single person produced incredible work without putting in around a decade of practice first. So 
um, again, guys, th- this is not to uh, discourage people that are just starting out um, and being like, "Look, buddy, I know you're just starting out, but you got ten years to go before you're going to make up before you're going to make anything of yourself." It's not to be discouraging. It's just to be. Um, it's actually to be more um, to help you guys realize that uh, overnight success is not a reality. Um, over overnight success does not, it, it's, that may be one in a billion. Um, and, uh, kind of like what, what's, what Jeff Bezos says, he says that all overnight success, all overnight success takes about 10 years. <laughs> so again, this is not to be discouraging. This is just kind of to lay it out that, uh, you know, it takes, it does take work. And when you are somebody that, um, experiences this. So like what my wife and I experienced with the whole AGT journey, um, it was a lot of work. I mean, it was a lot of work and it, and it paid off in the end. And so I just thought it was really interesting that we accumulated our 10,000 hours. We accumulated our, our 10 years and that's when it really finally, um, paid off for us was, you know, we were able to be the first runner up on the biggest talent show on the earth. And so, um, it was cool for us. And I don't, I don't say this to try and be, um, boasting or anything like that. I just, it was just kind of something that hit, hit home to me. And I wanted to share this with people because, um, I'm sure many of you you have heard this 10,000 hour rule, um, idea, and maybe some of you have read the book, but I think it's fascinating. And really, really, this is just to kind of motivate people to continually continue working hard. And so those of you that are at like year four and five, um, don't give up yet because if, if we would have given up in 2013, when the judges on, on America's Got Talent, when they, they basically made fun of us and gave us straight nose across the board. Um, if that's, if we would have stopped then, um, we would have never reached the level that we are at now. And so, um, this is, this is to be motivational. This is to be, this is to give you guys some drive to realize that if you're, if you're in the early years, just keep going. Like you're going to have a lot of stumbling blocks. You're going to have a lot of things that, that come up in the way that, um, discourage you and that cause you to doubt. And then possibly you're going to have this whole, um, reality check of like, okay, like I feel like quitting, I feel like stopping just right now. Um, and so that's going to happen. You're definitely going to have those things. You're going to have those feelings. Um, but as long as you, as long as you're loving what you do and you, and you, if you can stick to the mindset that you had for the reason you started doing it, um, you'll be successful and it's going to take you a little bit. It's going to take a lot of learning. Um, but hold on to that initial reason why you started and accumulate your hours and it'll pay off. And so that's kind of it for now, guys. Um, I just wanted to bring this up. I just, this was kind of fascinating to me. And and because I had recently heard, it was, I think it was probably a Ted talk, um, that I'd recently been listened to that they brought up again, the 10,000 hour rule. I've been hearing this for years and you just don't think much of it. Cause you're like, you're like, wow, 10,000 hours. That's ridiculous. And so, but I, you know, after, um, earlier in 2020, when we, when we took first runner, runner up on the talent show, um, I started to think more about our habits and our practices and what we did to get to where we were, 
we did a lot of interviews um, and we've done some motivational speaking that we were asked, you know, like, so like what, like, what'd you do to get to that um, point? And, and, and so um, I just sat down and I was just kind of mapping everything out. And I realized that we were really in line with that 10,000 hour rule and that 10 years of experience. And so all you guys that are hustling, um, just remember that. Remember that uh, there is still, there's still time and, and, you know, it's going to take you a bit. It really will. But as long as you really focus and stick with it, um, there's a good chance that you're going to be successful. So that's it for now, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hit me up if you've got uh, questions. Um, give me a review on the podcast if, you, if you'd like. You can send in uh, voice messages if you'd like. Um, just let me know. Um, tell me if there's things you want to hear about. So, all right, guys. Appreciate you tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.